Like Bruno mentioned, uh, we are in Ephesians. We've been in Ephesians for a while, and we are in our summer series here. Uh, that's going to be a summer kind of fall series, I guess. Uh, Monday night games are ending soon, and summer is going to come to a close, and we're going to keep going. <laughs> It'll be fine, though. Um, so you can go ahead and, Efe- and flip to Ephesians chapter 4. And last week, we talked about getting to work. We talked about how the church is a building, and God has given the church gifts and made every member a valuable piece of that building. And since that's the case, we need every person to be doing their part. We need to be unified in the mission, like we talked about at the beginning of chapter 4, when we opened up the summer series. Uh, And uh, like I said, we're in in chapter 4, we'll be in verses 17 through 24 tonight. Um, but we opened, opened this up talking about being unified, talking about being a building, and so everybody is important. And if some people are living right and some people aren't living right, aren't fulfilling their role, well, the, the building is going to suffer, right? So ton- tonight we're going to talk about walking, about what, you, what you're doing uh, with your life. So we're going to dive right in. So if you're with me in Ephesians chapter 4, we'll read verses 17 through 24. Chapter, er, chapter 4, 17 says, This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus." that ye put off concerning, concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So Paul starts this passage tonight, as he frequently does. Uh, he starts by building off of what he has previously said in the past. And so he kicks off with the word, therefore, uh, because as I already mentioned, We all have a place and a role in the church like we saw last week. So we can take part in the work that God is trying to accomplish through that. And so that means we've got to be fulfilling that role for us. And certainly for us to be playing our part, we can't be living like we used to before we are saved. And as we'll see, that also means we can't be thinking like we used to before we're saved. So we're going to cover some of that ground tonight. Um, Before we dive in, let me pray and go before the Lord and ask him to teach us. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, we come before you tonight, and uh, Lord, we're grateful to you as always. Um, Grateful for who you are, uh, grateful for what you've done for us, uh, sending your son to die for us, that that we might have eternal life, um, rising again victorious. Uh, Lord, we're we're so blessed by that uh, in you and and through Christ, and you've given us your spirit, and, and you've blessed us spiritually, and you bless us physically too. We're so grateful for it. Lord, as we open your word together tonight, I pray that you are glorified through uh, our obedience to it, our willingness to hear it, our willingness to obey, and um, help us just to walk away more like your image um, and more like you, more usable to you. Um, I pray that you would bless our conversation uh, as we break into discussion groups later, um, and that all of it is glorifying to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so Paul's main thrust here tonight is that we walk correctly which is what I titled tonight's message. Uh, and, and we need to walk correctly, not the way that other Gentiles walk, and for our purposes tonight, just meaning unsaved people. But we should, be wa- we should walk the way that we should be walking, 
the way that we've learned to walk from Christ, the way that he taught to walk and the way that we can see that he walks in this book for what's recorded for us. So uh, back in verse 17 again, Paul says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. So Paul says here that he testifies in the Lord. He's serious about this. He's putting forth an official testimony, uh, an official record of the truth in the Lord. Paul is speaking on behalf of the Lord, and he's speaking on behalf of the Lord that henceforth the Ephesians shouldn't walk like all the other people they see around them. From this moment on, don't walk like them anymore. And from the moment that, that we get saved, man, we should walk differently, right? From this point on, what we should walk differently. We got to walk correctly. We talked about walking earlier in Ephesians when we were back in chapter 2, uh, when we talked about not walking according to the course of this world. And so when I say walk, I, I mean walk, not like physically walking per se, although that is a good picture for us. Um, you know, the way that, that you move is by walking. And so what I'm talking about with walking, what Paul's talking about, it's the way that your life is moving. It's how you're living, how you walk. And this walking that Paul's talking about, really, it's twofold. There's two aspects to it. So there's two specific ways that we need to be walking to be obedient to Paul's directive from this passage. So that's what we're going to dive into tonight with these two points. And so the first point that we'll see is the internal walk, a renewed mind. And before we look at, at this correct, renewed mind, this internal mind, as Paul describes, let's first understand the wrong state of mind, which is what he spends a significant portion explaining here. So back in, in the beginning of our passage again, verse 17, he says, This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Paul says that the other Gentiles, again, just unsaved people, that they walk in the vanity of their mind with, without understanding. If you were with us back in March when we were way back in Ephesians chapter 2, we talked a little bit about how our salvation isn't of our present physical bodies, but it's of our spirit, our soul. It's, it's an internal salvation. It's of our, our minds. Our salvation, it covers who we are. It preserves our minds. We're going to get new bodies at some point, but God will preserve our minds enough that we'll get to still be who we are as his created beings. And so that being said, we know that when we get saved, we become new creatures. While our external physical bodies don't change, our internal nature does. We're born again spiritually and now have a restored access uh, and, and spiritual life with him again. The Bible says we become new creatures in 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And part of that newness is the new spiritual life in nature that we now have upon salvation. This is the new man that Paul refers to in verse 24 of our passage. So ultimately, people that are unsaved are different internally which is why they must operate according to that old man he refers to in, in verse 22. Because that's, that's the only nature that they have. They have no new nature. Again, we talked about all that in chapter 2. Let's 
just look at it. Uh, I keep referring to it. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. It says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, and the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And so, so for unsaved people, their nature is different. They're dead in their sins. They're, they're children of wrath and disobedience, we see here. But just children of the devil. So they fulfill the desires of the flesh and of the mind in the lusts of their flesh because that's all they know. And Jesus said in John 14, 17, referencing the Holy Spirit that we all have when we're saved, he says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, so those Gentiles, the other Gentiles, the world, unsaved people, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. So unsaved people, they're alienated from the spiritual life that's in Christ. We see from what Paul says in our passage tonight in verse 18 that their minds are darkened to the life that's in God. They're ignorant of it and, and blind to it. And we know that's exactly how Satan wants to keep them. He's the God of this world. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who's the image of God should shine unto them. We know the truth of the gospel and the life that's available in Christ. The freedom that's available in Christ. And that truth comes with freedom. It can set us free from walking in the vanity of our minds. Jesus said in, in John 8, 32, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And this freedom is available already to everyone in this room tonight that's saved. However, this freedom and the spiritual life and nature that we're talking about is also available to anyone that isn't saved that wants to be. The first step to being able to walk correctly in your mind is to have a renewed mind in the first place. It's to be saved. So if you're here tonight and you're not really sure what that means, uh, to be saved or uh, to have this spiritual life, to be this new creature, all of these things, man, I encourage you, pull one of us aside, ask us about that. We would love to speak with you more about that. Um, man, and that's worth getting settled before you leave this place tonight. So uh, please have the courage to ask us. We would love to talk with you about that. Uh, and and aside, on a side note, as we... As I was reading through this passage and I was meditating on it, I was convicted about how I view the lost world sometimes. Sometimes I see the truth and, and you know, I know I see the truth from, from the spiritual side of things and I know that, that the world lives in ignorance and in the way that they walk and they live in the vanity of their minds and, man, I, I look at that sometimes and I think, and I'm tempted to think that I'm better than them. But that's so not true. Man, when you have sight, when you can see, and you watch people that are blind, you feel bad for those people. My heart goes out to those people, right? You don't think less of them because they fall on things that they, like, can't physically see, right? I mean, like, with physical blindness. Well, similarly, spiritually, it's not much different with the lost world. If you're here and you're saved, you should love the lost world, and you should want to help them see because they're blind, Sure, people reap what they sow, yeah. And there's consequences to our actions, absolutely. 
Man, but the lost world doesn't even know what they're missing spiritually. Man, they live in darkness. So if you're here and you're saved, why, why would you turn your eyes off? Why would you ever go back to walking in the vanity of your mind that the truth can set you free from? Just as the truth can set us free in terms of the gospel when we get saved, giving us access to that spiritual life and, and making our minds alive in the very beginning, just as that truth can set us free in terms of the gospel, man, it can set us free from the vanity of our minds daily. John 17, 17, Jesus says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So God's word is truth, and the truth of God's word can do the work to sanctify us in our minds. And it is the key to being renewed in the spirit of our mind, as Paul directs us to do in verse 23. He says, jumping down our passage, and, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So instead of walking like the lost world walks in the vanity of their mind, we need to not be conformed to them through the renewing of our minds in God's word daily. Romans 12, 2, he talks about this. Paul talks about this to the Romans. He says, and be not conformed to this world. Don't walk like them, right? But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we need to walk correctly internally in our minds by saturating it with what God's word says. We need to be in it every day. We gotta read it. We should study it. We need to think about it and meditate on it. We need to memorize it. If we walk in his word that way, we'll be delivered from the vanity of our minds that's there. It's on a, there on a constant basis because our old man is still with us. But we can put on the new man daily if we obey his word. And so once we've got this internal walk and our minds right, the external walk will flow naturally. And so that brings us to our second point tonight. This is the external walk. Righteous conversation. And this word conversation the way that, that scripture uses it is it's, it's sort of more directed towards your behavior uh, in your lifestyle. Think, I mean, we say like actions speak louder than words, right? Like your life says something about you. It, it speaks. So this word conversation, it's like behavior. It's what you do. Paul uses it this way in Galatians 1.13. He says, For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. He says, my conversation is that I did these actions, not necessarily only said these things. Paul took harsh action against the church. So he's describing his behavior. So with that understanding, so that's what, what we mean by this word conversation, uh, we'll get a running start into our passage again, starting in verse 17 again. Says, he says, this I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind. So yeah, they walk in the vanity of their mind. We get insight onto how they're, they're getting to the place of their outward actions. How, so, and that's what we just talked about that. I talked about, but, I mean, but he says, man, walk not as they walk. Don't walk like they do. You know, what's internal, it comes out in your actions. Verse 18, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that's in them because of the blindness of their heart. Verse 19, who being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. They are past feeling. M might seem like a, a weird phrase. They're past feeling. There's feeling and they're past it. They don't have it anymore. They, they can't feel. 
think about this in terms of your conscience. Paul talks about the idea that your conscience can be seared. He tells Timothy about this in 1 Timothy 4.2. He says, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. If something is seared, if you sear your nerves, you can't feel anymore. We can, we can sear our conscience so that it doesn't work, so we can't feel anymore. And unsaved people, they have a conscience, but after so long, it's seared. They can't feel it anymore. They've got no feeling and no sense of right or wrong after a while. And that plays out ultimately in their actions. And, and really anybody is susceptible to this, Christians included. But with these unsaved people, we're talking about that. I mean, the road that it leads to ultimately, it leads them to lasciviousness, which is a word I never use ever in my life. Uh, it it mean, has roots of whatever language is meaning like loose or whatever. It, it means like irregular or unnatural. Its connotation typically it means in like a sexual way. So it's bad bad stuff, uh, but leads them to, so lasciviousness, uncleanness, other related things, and greediness. I mean, the reality of the situation with sin is that sin will always take you farther than you wanted to go. It'll keep you longer than you wanted to stay, and it'll cost you more than you wanted to pay. So listen, don't walk like them, Christian. That's what Paul's saying. Don't walk like that. Don't do things that are against your conscience, God put your conscience there as a law in your heart that you know right and wrong. You can see that Romans 2.15. But, but it's fragile and it can be subject to that vain mind. So don't constantly break it and trample all over it. Listen, when it comes to your conscience, if you don't know if something's right or wrong, the, the rule is pretty simple. Here's the rule. Romans 14.23. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. If you have any doubt about whether something's not right and you do it anyway, you, if you don't do it in faith, man, it's, it's wrong for you. It's sin. And that's really what that whole passage in Romans 14 is about. So how often do you follow that rule? Do you think, yeah, you're pretty sure it's wrong. You don't really want to think about it much. Eh, I'll just do it and it'll be fine. You know, how, how often do you follow that rule? Or have you broken it so many times, even in a particular area, that what once felt wrong doesn't seem so bad anymore? Acting contrary to your conscience and walking in all this sin, it's not the example that Christ set. And don't let your external actions go against your internal walk. Ephesians 4, so going on in our passage from Ephesians 4, 20 and 23. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The incorrect internal and external walk that we see from the world isn't what we've learned from Christ. It certainly isn't what we've been taught from him and what we read in the scripture as far as what we should be doing. The truth is that we need to put off the old man our, our old nature, which is corrupt in its behaviors and actions. And instead, we need to put on the new man, our new nature, by walking according to that internally and externally. Since our new man is created in righteousness and holiness, that means if you're walking according to him, according to that new man, your conversation will be righteous and holy. You need to be renewing your mind daily and then allow that to drive your external walk. 
Paul tells the Romans in Romans 6.19, he says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to the uncleanness, there's that again, and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness and holiness. And we'll get into Romans a little bit in our group discussion. But look at that fruit that Paul says whenever our actions are right. It's righteousness, it's holiness. It's the same as putting on the new man from our passage. So we need to ditch the old man and what we used to do before we were saved, and we need to yield ourselves to that new man. We're going to talk more specifics next week and more specific examples and things that we should be doing when it comes to our actions. So we're not going to belabor this point tonight, but look how Paul explains it to the Colossians in Colossians 3, 5 through 10. He says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, there it is again, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. So in your past life, before you're saved, right? But now ye also put off, supposed to put off the old man, well, put off all these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Paul tells the Colossians that they need to put on the new man, put off the works of the old, put on the new, and again that it starts with the right internal walk, being renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. So let's do that, y'all. That old man never did anything for us but keep us down. Before we were saved, he kept us blinded, so we didn't know what we were missing. And all he does now is hold us back from walking the way we're supposed to so that we can be who we're supposed to. When we put on the new man and walk in the Spirit, we'll be a valuable piece of this building that we call the church. So as we move into small groups here in just a minute, and I also want to encourage you not to let your old man get in the way of our conversation, or our, the way we use the word, <laughs> our literal discussion. Man, the old man, he doesn't like to be exposed. He doesn't like to change. Don't let him stop you from connecting with us in, in our discussion tonight. Man, and look, I mean, don't, you don't have to have all the answers. We're all learning to walk in the spirit here. We're all trying to put on this new man together. Man, no pressure. So we want to figure all this out together. That's part of, of this discussion with these groups um, is to connect in that way. So I'll pray here in a minute. Uh, and then we'll break up, and there'll be a group in here, and there'll be a group in the lobby, and then I believe we'll have a, a group outside. So Bryce, Bruno, and I will lead a group. So there'll be three in, so you can pick whatever group you want. So let me pray, and then we will break up. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, again, we're, we're thankful for being here, and we're so thankful for your word. And Lord, uh, I know that, that we kind of flew through some of, some of those truths in this passage, but Uh, Man, it really is simple. Lord, we need to walk in the Spirit and and get our minds right in in your word um, and have your mind, and then our actions will flow from that. And I pray that that we could do that each and every day and and be always constantly renewing our mind and being, you know, spending time with you with our nose in the book and just allow that to flow outwardly naturally. Um, Lord, thank you for caring about us. Thank you for giving us your spirit to help us do that. Um, I pray that you would be with us in our conversation now uh, and that that you would um, 
reveal your scriptures to us and uh, help us to grow in your image through even this time together uh, as a group. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Go ahead and break up in groups.